just you know they kind sometimes they're kind of in sync music wise with their lyrics just a bit with telling a good story we have Jack and Diane for John you have Mary in Thunder Road and she kind of gets brought up again and then when John came in the early 2000s with his Mellencamp album he referenced back to Jack and Diane yeah with, from a song called Eden is Burning and it Sounds like Jack and Diane didn't have too good of a happily ever after. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining today, my worlds are colliding. Um, as those of you know, I do I host a couple other podcasts, and one of them that I've been doing the longest is Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast. And my guest today has been a longtime contributor. She always gives us feedback. She has guest hosted plenty of times. And now then, my worlds are colliding. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part. I'm glad you took me up on the invite. I wanted yeah. to... I, Wanted to toss my hat in the ring because okay. I was kind of hoping when I threw my hat in the ring for turn left yeah. that it would have been the three of us. <laughs> yes. It didn't work out. So no. this is the next best thing. Yeah, that's uh, we'll have to have you on um, with all three of us can do an episode. Um, that but, would be awesome. Yeah. So, Holly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am from central Wisconsin, a big Doctor Who fan, big science fiction, fantasy fan, you name it, anything that's got <laughs> got good music to it, I'm I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And um so I always like to start at the beginning. So mm-hmm. talk to me about growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to when you were little? Um Little it it was classic rock. Okay. From the get from the get go, I mean, we're talking the Beatles, we're talking Rolling Stones, the Who. I mean, I I grew I was born in seventy nine, so I still have vague memories growing up with the eight track and I mean dad making me a mixed eight track of Bill Haley Rock Around the Clock with some other classic rock stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the Sesame Street ABC album with C is for Cookie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> eclectic, eclectic mix, but mm-hmm. and my dad was kind of musical. He was in a garage band, and that garage band disbanded, I think, the year that I was born. But he did have a cassette tape around when they had a Battle of the Bands competition, and they had taped the whole concert so i got to hear that he was the organist <laughs> so oh, that was nice yeah that was cool mm-hmm. uh, so did when you started coming into your own um did you continue to embrace classic rock or did you kind of find your own 
way? Um, I embraced classic rock, and then I kind of found my own way with some friends' suggestions for music, like Tori Amos, and then when I got into college, in finding Matchbox 20, and then later on finding Adam Lambert, and that. But I mainly kind of stuck with the classic rock because that was kind of the the comfort. Yeah. And then one year, I can remember mom and dad went to Oshkosh for the EAA, and it was for the adults, but I was old enough to take care of myself. And dad had just replaced the needle on the record player. He's just like, mm-hmm. have fun. Don't wear out the needle. <laughs> Funny. He, he kind of had a feeling that I was going to go through and discover the vinyl. <laughs> yes. Which I kind of did. Okay, yeah. Um, well, what I found interesting is when we first talked about you joining me, you mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about a little bit of Bruce, but you also um, a big fan of John Mellencamp, aren't you? Yes, because he is the one I kind of looked back in my memories. He's the one that I've seen most times in concert with my dad and my mom, because the last Mellencamp concert that I went to see was in 2002 with my dad, because it was I was going to be going to Spain in 2003 for a semester abroad. And okay. mom had to work, and she's just like, you and I have already had our, fa- our mother-daughter you know, last hurrah before you go, this is just you and dad. You guys have fun. And we were like eight rows back, and that was that was a blast for a concert. I mean, the lineup, and sure, I've heard those songs before, because I remember one gal was just like, one of my college friends, she's just like, why do you have so many versions of this song live? I'm just like, you never know what night... You're going to get what the mood's going to be if they're going to do a different interpretation of it. Because sometimes when they're on tour, they have a certain way to play it, but you never know. <laughs> and, I'm, and same with Bruce. You never know exactly how the crowd's feeling, which which version are you going to get. <laughs> you know, I, I'm loving this, Holly, because um, last year when Linda and I were on vacation, um, we're like um, – she was like, ah, oh, we'll just listen to songs from your, um, you know, phone. And so we're putting mm-hmm. it on shuffle, and she's like, I think we've heard this song before. And then she's like, okay, I know we've heard this song before. And I'd explained to her, well, I have multiple Springsteen mm-hmm. live shows, and yep. even though he changes up his set list, there are certain songs that, you know, he's going to do, and so that's why you're getting different versions. And she kind of, you know, um, rolled her eyes and, and you know, kind of looked at this, and so like, oh no, I don't know. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. Talk to me about what about John spoke to you. Um, I think what spoke to me was learning about his backstory growing up. You know, small town Indiana, it's close to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the lyrics hit home. And this, the rhythm, and I mean, take his ROCK in the USA, saluting all the bands and then listening to some of his other stuff, him doing covers and paying tribute to the other influences. I mean, I mm-hmm. 
remember finding one concert set list where he actually played Leonard Skinner's Down South Juking, and then before that, Humble Pie's 30 Days in the Hole. I'm wow. just like, that's a, <laughs> that's a leap, but it's like, yeah. I like this. Mm-hmm. And just, and Bruce too, with this, you know, with the requests from the fans and yes. the the band, but then hit, I mean, the Detroit medley. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, you know, um, there's this, you know, for the longest time, and they tell the story that, you know, he was not into requests, but then just over the past few years, he's really seemed to have gotten into that. And the idea of, you know, you're either stumped the band or, you know, he just loves picking something over, you know, a um, rarity and like, oh, you guys want to hear this? Yeah, why don't we do that? And and I, I think that's funny. Deep track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something that they haven't played in years, but it's just like, oh yeah, I remember liking that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is kind of fun. It is nice. Um, so you mentioned seeing him in concert. Um, mm-hmm. I always like to preface this that by no way the amount of times you've seen an artist live is a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, and that's especially true with Bruce. Because there are people mm-hmm. that grew up in the East Coast that may have seen him hundreds of times because right. they were fans in the you know starting in the seventies and you know they would go to multiple shows. But just for the record, how many times have you seen John? I John, I have seen I want to say six to seven times. Okay, and how about Bruce? And Bruce, I've only seen one time, and that was in. November of 92, election night, of oh, all things. Yeah, talk to me about that. What was that? I, I was in sixth grade. Okay. I got to leave early. <laughs> A lot of the teachers are like, why are we leaving early? I'm just like, my mom, my dad, and I were going down to Milwaukee for a Springsteen concert. Oh, how fun. I a little jealous, a little ribbing, but they thought it was so cool. Like, Yeah. Family, you know, a family trip. You're spending time together, going to a concert. We met my honorary uncle Joey down at the Bradley Center. We had floor seats, mm-hmm. thanks to Uncle Joey. They were aisle, so I kind of got to sit in the last two seats. We kind of rotated. Yeah. And during this was the Human Touch Lucky Town tour. Right. And during the Leap of Faith song. My uncle Joey could kind of tell Bruce stage dived and started to body surf. Okay. And he was coming towards us. He's just like, come on, girl, we're going. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, this is fun, but a little scary. Cause mm-hmm. sure. I'm on, the short, I'm on the short end of things, but I mean, sure. it was, it was a cool experience. And I mean, the, uh, and then he came back, he did, he finished up with light a day and then Quick took a refreshment break, came back for an encore, and then he announced, well, we have our new president, and then he went into the last six songs. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I, I mean, cool. that, was, that was something I will never forget. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a cool – I mean, you know, you got to see the other band because it's not the Easter yep. band at that time. Exactly. But how, yes. how unique that it was on a election night 
and, yes. and kind of that perspective. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of a bummer because I could have had a chance to see him in Spain. Mm-hmm. But it was th- the one of the concerts was the day I had to fly out. Okay. And this was before, you know, cell phones and smartphones were really big. Yeah. I was ha- I was going to try to get tickets for one of the shows before, like in it was I think Barcelona, and then he had one up to the north mm-hmm. part of Spain towards the Basque Country. All the tickets had sold out. Oh no! And of course, there was an internet cafe open early enough. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh well, <laughs> never say never. Uh huh. And then trying to find then trying to find somebody too if I could have found tickets to go with me because it's just like. I could have gone solo, but it's just like, but half the fun is having somebody else come along with you to enjoy the fun and maybe, in you know, invite them into the music that is Bruce and yeah. other genres. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one of the things you said you'd like to talk about is kind of your feelings of how. Bruce and John are alike. So why don't you share that a little bit, Holly? Well, just, you know, they kind of, sometimes they're kind of in sync music-wise with their lyrics. Just a bit with telling a good story. We have Jack and Diane for John. You have Mary in Thunder Road. Yeah. And she kind of gets brought up again. And then when John came in the early 2000s with his Mellencamp album, he referenced back to Jack and Diane. Oh, nice. Yeah, with, from a song called Eden is Burning, and it sounds like Jack and Diane didn't have too good of a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sad to say. But then, too, I mean, they're both written songs Yeah. for people. I mean, John wrote I Need a Lover for Pat Benatar. Right. I like Pat Benatar's version, but I have to say, Push Comes to Shove, John's is my favorite. The two-and-a-half-minute intro to that <laughs> song is just awesome. He's just like, he even admitted, it's like, we were excited. We were starting out. We learned chord changes. But it's just something there that builds the momentum. Sure. And then and then Bruce writing for Patti Smith. Yeah. And then Man for Man doing Blinded by the Light, and then I never knew until I was maybe a freshman in college that the Man, man for Man for You, Bruce Springsteen, actually wrote this. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I do some more investigating. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is kind of funny. You know, yeah. um, there was, you know, the website Quorum, and someone mm-hmm. asked the question, why does everyone think that you know, Blinded by the Light was written by Bruce Springsteen. It's a Manford Man song. And people are like, well, obviously, you know, you're, I hate to tell you this, uh, not to correct you, but that's, that's yeah, that's too funny. Um, it's just, uh, you might want to check the liner notes. Yes, exactly. Written by. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that That is, yeah, too funny. Um, and, you know, you mentioned a little bit about Dyke and Jack and Diane later, there's a lot of us Mm -hmm. that, you know, when you listen to Racing in the Street, you know, he talks about, you know, my baby sits on her father's front porch. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people will say, well, that's the front porch that Mary was on. 
during Thunder yeah. Road. And yes, so, I <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, they, they may not. And I think that's part of the reason why I think we love both John and Bruce is they're not always going to give us a happy ending. No. Um, and that's okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then, too, they've all, both of them have gone through rediscovery, you know, yes. changing some of their styles. And then John had record company problems and switches and kind mm-hmm. of poking it at the, at the companies. You know, I don't want to be a yeah. pop singer, but I'm sure Bruce felt, the same, <laughs> Bruce felt yeah. the same way with some of the stuff. And it's just like, hey, I mean almost on the same side of the coin, just yeah. a few states apart. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think Bruce has ever done a farm aid with John, has he? No, I, I don't think so. And I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I am surprised, too, when you think about it. You think that somehow or another it would have worked out, if not with the whole E Street band, you know, him right. coming there. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Because I was trying to find the clip of John's past performance from Farm Aid this mm-hmm. past year in 2019, couldn't find it, but the show he put on and all the callbacks and doing the authority song with the Land of the Thousand Dances breakdown, which mm-hmm. he hasn't done in quite a few years. Yeah. It was just, it was something that would have been, and I was surprised when I was doing my search to come across he and Bruce actually performed together. I'm just like, okay. I yeah. wasn't dreaming that the two of them have been on stage together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you actually sent me the links. Of, you know, yes. That, um, so, you know, one of the things that um, when Tom Petty died, there was a oh, respect. Yeah. And a lot of people talked about mm-hmm. that they were surprised they had never worked together. Um, yeah. You know, so um, it does seem that both John and Bruce, very blue collar, that mm-hmm. it does seem like a good fit that they would do well together. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, even though you're different states, just, you know, that common background connection. Yeah. You know, family quasi rough growing growing up because John had spina bifida Uh when he was born and the doctors weren't sure with the surgery if how that was going to turn out thank heavens it (laughs) turned in the right direction yeah um, I know that um, he has done he is someone who has reinvented himself multiple times as you talked about yes and 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 is not I think it's good that mm-hmm. you know he's not wanting to um okay I'm just going to do Pink House Part 2 and Pink House Part 3 I mean mm-hmm. I, he wants to do different styles of music and different yes. the different things that speaks him um you know he's um I know he's done some Americana work that I really like yes. Oh yes uh, yeah um, it gone to the gone the real bluesy route, kind of yes. like Eric Clapton. I mean, it took a little bit getting used to him. It's like, yeah, I can see it. He's got the voice for it. Yes. 
and even the album Rough Harvest, he was kind of kind of starting to play with it. Well, he was even playing with that and with the Paper and Fire album, right? Bringing in the violin, the country, the country vibe. He has an album, um, Rough Harvest, which is reimaginings or and redoings of some of his well-known with that kind of a flair. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. Good. Um, So what are some songs that mean a lot to you and your family? Oh, man. Um, Probably um, Small Town, because I can remember um, my dad used to help be community development in a smaller town probably like a 25, 30 minute drive away. And they did a, a freedom fest for 4th of July. And they had asked, they knew dad had quite the music collection and they asked, well, pick some songs. And one of the songs that he picked was small town and they timed it just right. When the fireworks went off, it went off in the beats. Oh, nice. So that's kind of one that kind of sticks with me. And, um, the R-O-C-K in the USA. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I kind of introduced my young, one of my younger cousins to Mellencamp's music, and he kind of had his own little garage band, and one night we came to see him play, and he saw us, and he called the band in for a huddle. They played R-O-C-K in the USA. Oh, how fun. <laughs> it's not. I'm just like, oh, you. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, some of these, and... Just some of the, almost all of the Mellencamp songs kind of have a connection either with my dad having father daughter bonding time in the morning when mom's at work cranking up the stereo or sure. nice summer day going out for a drive. Yeah, it it, it it's nice when you can have that connection. That mm-hmm. is someone that. There is a personal, you know, a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, sports teams or baseball and you have that connection. And it's really beautiful when you have this musical connection of someone, you know, because your father, you know, loved an artist and you've kind of taken on and you you continue that legacy. That that is Mm -hmm. really beautiful. So, yeah. Um, So you. Um, not only contribute to our podcast, but you do some podcasts on your own, don't you? Yes, I am one-fifth of a female podcast group called the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. Okay. And we are, we talk everything from Doctor Who, Marvel, um, we did a little bit on Supernatural, we draw names out of a hat, we covered our latest Oscar picks against another podcast team. Which oh, we, nice. We lost by two. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah, but it's all in fun, and mm-hmm. it's, it's enjoyable. <laughs> so we're going to take just a quick um, side note. So uh-huh. um, my Bruce fans, hang with us. But um, – Holly, what do you think about the backlash that Jody has received as the doctor? I really think it's 
been unfair. Yeah. To her, I mean, she's finding her feet. It's, I think even the writing team is still trying to find their legs a little bit. And you have to give her some, give her some breathing room. She is doing her darndest with what she's had to work with. I love her. I loved her work in Broadchurch. So she's got the, she's got it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I hate to say it, some of us Doctor Who fans, not the majority of them, but every single time you get a new showrunner, get rid of him. Bring back so-and-so. It's just like... Even though toward the end, those same people are complaining that, oh, um, you know, Russell T. Davis has gotten stale, Moffat's gotten stale... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we need a new voice. And then when you get a new voice and you're taking a new <laughs> look, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't like that. And, yeah. and to, to tie it in, it's there isn't a lot, but there is a few like Springsteen fans that yep. when Western Stars came out, you know, his latest album that kind of, you know, a little Americana, a little bit there. And, and they're like, oh, this isn't I want darkness again. You know, this is nothing like what the E Street Band could do. I just wish you would do an E Street Band album versus going, can't you just enjoy this version? Yep. It was kind of the same way with the Mellencamp bands when John decided to do some of the Americana. Yeah. You want the other stuff back. And it's like, hey, it's adding to his body of work. It's going to make sense looking back. Well, and I think if you're a true fan of the artist, um, you're always going to have, you can always pull out Jack and Diane. You can always pull out Little Pink Houses. You can do Small Town. You can do Rock in the, you know, you know, um, but you, you should want someone you admire to be able to stretch their creative muscles. And yes, and that they're still putting out albums. Yes, and, and, and doing creative things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I – and I kind of feel the same way to go back to, you know, um, Jody Whitaker as the doctor. I see in her performance prior doctors. I see her um, showing that, but just with a different yeah. twist. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I think she's been really good. I think there have been episodes that have been brilliant. I think there's episodes that are average. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get that, that it's hard to do that. But I, I also believe in, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and try to see. So, yes. yeah. So I think you're one of the few people that agree with me. People have always asked me where you would what would you use the TARDIS okay you're in the TARDIS where do you go and I always say I would go to as many Springsteen shows as I could go to (laughs) that's what I would use it as so how about you what would you do I would probably be in the same vein I would be like okay we are going to all of the major concerts (laughs) yes yeah. I like I want to go to this Springsteen concert. I want to go to this. Yeah. I want to go to this Mountain Camp concert. I want to mm. do <laughs> I want to see a Queen with Freddie Mercury. Yes, exactly. <laughs> see, it's like come on, Doc. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, because you would, you know, to love to say, you know, and they showed that where um, Tennant and Rose were going to try to see early Elvis, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. And so, but yeah, you would like, okay, I want to see, um, you know, the Beatles in Germany there, you know, yeah. the Caravan mm -hmm. Club and to see that and to yes. kind of watch the, you know, um, Elvis on the Louisiana Hayride, you know, right. Johnny Cash early. I mean, there's just so much beautiful music that you would have loved mm -hmm. to seen. Um, yeah, forget exploring other worlds. I just want to <laughs> go through here and see this. That's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and psychic paper for backstage yes. passes. Yes, exactly. Psychic <laughs> papers would get us backstage passes. Absolutely. That is true. Um, what, uh, what else are you, um, when you're, what else do you guys coming up on your podcast? What else are you going to be talking about? Um, we're going to be talking about Mulan and the history with the new live action movie coming out. And then in a couple of weeks, once Dr. Who finishes up, we're going to do um, our whole season wrap-up of that. And okay. then there's a couple of things still to be decided. Okay. Do you have a theory on the new Doctor? I, I don't know. She could be a regeneration in the main timeline, but I'm wondering if it's I know they've said that it's not alternate but I've just had a sneaky suspicion that it might be yeah. I mean you know rule number one doctor always lies Absolutely. I think we can easily say that uh, rule number one of the show writer they lie to yeah, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> how many times has Russell Chibnall you know yeah <laughs> All the showrunners have said, "Oh, this isn't going to happen." And yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I've I've enjoyed the season. I think it's been fun, and Charles and I are having a lot of fun talking about it. And as um, I was sharing, um, listeners, Holly always finds time to send us a um, a quick email uh, with quick thoughts yep. where you could share. So, um, which is nice. And uh, just saying that some of you set listening, Bruce listeners. I wouldn't mind some feedback. Just go in. Um, what have I not asked you about uh, that I should have about either John or Bruce? Um, I think you covered it. Okay. All right. No, no burning question. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So I'm going to ask you the Mary question. So um, okay. uh, Jay Armstrong is um, a honors English teacher that lives in the uh, Philadelphia area, and he um, does a class uh, for his seniors, and they take a chapter where they study Thunder Road. They they review it as a poem. They compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. They talk about all the uh, imagery and the, the words that they're using. And then at the end, um, he asks his class this question, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So, Holly, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car? Ooh, I'm going to say, yes, yeah, she does. Okay, very nice. And, I mean, I can see the reasoning where, yeah, maybe she wouldn't, but I happened across one of the outtakes, Wings for Wheels, before it actually became Thunder Road. Yes. And just how it was different. And then, you know, the 
Bruce's line, hey, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right, and that's all right with me. I'm thinking that's his response. We're on Harry Mary's side of the conversation because I think some of those boys were just stringing her along, and she's just like, hey, I don't feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, what do you mean you ain't a beauty? You're all right with me. Come on. <laughs> so I think he was kind of that... – I'm interpreting as he's kind of giving her a – ego boost and saying hey let's get out of here leave these guys in the dirt and you start healing (laughs) you know holly that is an interesting thought because i've never heard that expressed before but you can if you fill in that conversation you know um oh i'm old and you know uh, no Mm -hmm. one would want me and he could, you right. know, hey, you're not beauty, but hey, you're all right, while holding her hand and looking in the eyes. Um, right. I like that. I like that a lot. That's that's a good that's a good plan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Um, this has been a blast. <laughs> well, it has been. I like I, I said, this is again with you know Bruce and another artist. Or yes, absolutely. What? Whatever. Yeah. So have you gotten a chance to see Western Stars? Not yet. Okay. I'm hoping to, in hopefully in the near future, okay. take, a, take a look at it. Yeah, I, I really would. I, I, I think it would be interesting if you see that and then come back on and kind of, you know, share your thoughts on it. Um, it's it's a really beautiful film. And, and him, you know, he wrote all the things he performs the songs and then in between the songs, he kind of does some explanations of the song and um, it, it, and it's a little film. And so I think it's, I think it gives a different perspective of him and I think you'd like it. Did you ever watch Bruce on Broadway on Netflix? Yes. Yes. What'd you think of that? I I enjoyed it. (laughs) It was, it was like a storytellers. Yes. It's back in the day. Yeah, back when uh, VH1 used to do that. I think that's a very apt description. It was very good. Cool. All right, so if someone wants to reach you, Holly, how can they? Um, They can reach me on um, Twitter at hollymac underscore 79. Um, I believe my – hold on, let me pull up my Instagram. I can never remember if it's – the under yes it's holly mac underscore 79 on instagram as well okay good well hang tight while i do a little business if you want to be on the show and share your story about bruce or your favorite artist it's easy to find me send me an email setlustingbruce at gmail.com uh i'm on twitter at jesse jackson dfw the show is on twitter at setlustingbruce uh you can go to setlustingbruce.com and from that website you can find our patreon page you can find our our um blog you can find our store where you can buy a setlustingbruce shirt um check it out Please go to iTunes to rate and review us. It is how people find us. Um, Holly, there is so much joy in my heart that um, I got to spend time with you. Um, I love sharing you with Charles, but there was something pretty special about just you and I getting to talk music. And thank you so much. This was just beautiful. 
Thank you. I had a blast. Well, good. All right. So um, thank you, Holly. Thank you, listeners. And keep hope alive. And I'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.